Hello everyone, this is Brayden Nave. Welcome to The Youth Room, a podcast by UPCI Youth Ministries. This podcast will focus on topics relevant to youth and young adults. Don't forget to subscribe and join us on the third Tuesday of each month. What's going on, Youth Room? We're so excited that you could join us today, and we are incredibly excited to have Jeremy Stafford with us, our General Youth Secretary. He was newly appointed last year. Um, We're kind of going through the big three and uh, getting to know them a little bit with DJ Hill, Jeremy Stafford, and Michael Thomas. So uh, we did DJ last episode, and now we're going to get to know Jeremy a little bit today. Uh, Jeremy, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Glad to be here with you. Thanks for asking me to be on. Yeah, so like I said, we're super excited, and uh, we're just going to kind of go through some kind of general questions, get to know you a little bit, and uh, we'll go from there. So just tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of your likes, dislikes. Likes, dislikes. Um, So we'll start off with where I'm from. I'm uh, originally, I was born in Sevierville, Tennessee, lived there for a while, moved across Tennessee. Uh, I went to high school in Olive Branch, Mississippi, which is right outside of Memphis, and then went to the University of Memphis, graduated from there, and then went on to Bethel University out of Jackson, Mississippi, but they had a satellite campus in Memphis mm-hmm. that I attended. So uh, likes, dislikes, I, I don't know that I ever really liked school, but I went. I liked the piece of paper that they handed me at the end of it. That's what I was in it for. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, yeah, so we, uh, but I, uh, apparently I liked uh, going to school for that piece of paper, so. I don't know that I liked the study habits that I had to maintain, but yeah, I feel that yeah. I'm feeling that at Urshan right now. But yeah. um, so, how long have you you've been in youth ministry? Obviously, for for a long time and or a decent amount of time. I don't want to call you old or anything, but um, <laughs> how long? <laughs> how long have you been in youth ministry? Youth ministry, I think since I was like 21 years old. I mean, I helped out from probably before then, but I remember 21, I think, was I was on our youth team mm-hmm. in Memphis. And then my wife and I got married uh, around 2021, 20, I think. So that would be about 14 years now. Okay. Been. Um, it's actually a kind of a cool connection. Um, so before you were elected... Uh, I, my fiance is Gracie Fuller, and that doesn't mean anything to anybody else. But um, Jeremy and Kristen, his wife, actually knew Gracie when she was a a, a really little kid, right? Yeah, I think I think before she was in the youth group. Yeah, she was. Uh, she's from Olive Branch too, so you guys are actually yeah. from the same the same city. So I didn't even yep. know that that was a connection until you were elected, and she was super excited. Sent me a text yeah. when you were elected, so. Yeah, yeah, that was really cool, and I've talked to Kristen, and she she loves her, and and that's really. Brayden incredible. got a good one. I, he got a really I did. good one. So. <laughs> I, I really did, yeah. but so yeah, that, that that's just a cool connection. But um, so you mentioned your wife, but uh, I know you have two kids, and and what are their names? I got Caden, who is eleven, who loves sports, mm-hmm. all kinds of sports, and then I have a daughter that is eight. And she loves everything Barbie dolls, the whole nine yards. She's the the ultimate girl, I guess, and the <laughs> ultimate son. So they're they're both incredible. That's, that's never a bad thing. My daughter has more of my personality, so she causes a lot of trouble around the house. <laughs> and, uh, my son is a little bit more serious. He's a little bit more like my wife, and uh, 
So. I don't know. I've met your wife. She doesn't seem too serious. She, she can be, though, when she thinks <laughs> through things. So we, uh, my daughter and I usually have a lot of fun at their expense, uh, just <laughs> aggravating them around the house. Well, that's awesome. Um, so in, in terms of maybe with the family or uh, maybe just by yourself, like what are some of your hobbies like uh, when it comes to sports, you know, hunting or anything like that? I love to hunt. I don't do it that often. Love to go hunting. I uh, like going fishing. I probably, out of all the hobbies that I have, I, I'm one of those that I get into it for a short period of time, mm-hmm. and then I get bored with it for a while, move on to the next thing, but then I'll usually circle back around. Uh, golf is one of those things where I will... I'm horrible yeah, at golf. Yeah, I'm horrible too, but I like to play until I get so frustrated that I don't like to play anymore, and then a couple months later, I'll come back to it and give it another shot. People keep telling me that if I want to be a preacher, then I need to learn to golf, but I'm just, I'm so bad. I don't even know if there's any chance of me becoming good at all, but. Well, back in Pensacola, Pastor Kenzie and I would mm-hmm. play a lot of golf, like usually our Monday. On Mondays was the day the office was closed, so we would go out and play together, and so I don't know why he brought me along, because, other than to maybe give someone for him to teach because he's always straight down the middle and my mind we never knew where our my ball was going to go so we had a lot of fun with that but and then too like if I hit one in the woods I would just move on because pastor you could tell like he was ready to move on to Mm -hmm. his ball so yeah that's uh, pretty much what happens whenever I go I usually go with like my brother and everybody and I, I played baseball all growing up so I just have a complete baseball swing and golf is just it, that doesn't mix with me, so I I usually slice it, and and everybody else is on the fairway and ready to move on. So eventually, probably at like three quarters of the way through, I just start sitting in the golf cart and just start yep. doing donuts on the golf course. I'm pretty much the same. There was one day though, the whole time I was in Pensacola for seven years, and it was on my bucket list. I always wanted to beat Pastor Kinsey, and <laughs> uh-huh. one day the stars aligned. <laughs> he was playing pretty good golf that day, but just something happened where I was hitting everything straight. I was on it, and I had him by four strokes as we turned to go to the back nine. And as we got on the back nine, I was still, I think we went through two more holes. So we would have been on 11, I think, and going into 12 and it started raining and (laughs) it like saved me because I didn't think I could keep it up for a whole 18, but that rain that day saved me. So as we were coming around and going back to our cars, he was like, go ahead and go get a rain check for the back nine and we'll try to come back and play it some other time. And I said, well, just so you know, this counts as a win for me. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, I would expect nothing less from you. (laughs) Oh, I, I love, there was one time I went with my brother and a couple other friends. We had two golf or golf carts and we were like on the complete back side of the of, of the course like from the clubhouse like we were we couldn't get any further away from the clubhouse and then all of a sudden it was perfect clear day and then out of nowhere clouds just started rolling in and it just started pouring like the heaviest rain I've ever seen and we're just caught in the middle of it and we're riding our golf carts back on the golf course and we're trying to avoid all these things we can't see at all me and my brother are dying laughing and eventually we actually <laughs> lost my our buddies and like we thought they had just crashed somewhere but and we just kept going it was that's that was probably the funnest experience I've had golfing and it wasn't even golf we I, just, I think the same thing happened to me except for one of us on our cart I think we lost our club somewhere along the way <laughs> so we had to go back we were soaked head to toe by the time we left that course oh that crazy. that's cool um so hobbies uh 
in terms of, we talked about golf hunting and stuff but you said we were talking earlier about some team sports and stuff um i'm a big college football fan i love i pretty much i love basketball uh baseball football baseball and football is probably my two favorites so atlanta braves university of tennessee i'm a big tennessee yeah, fan he is a huge Vols fan yeah yeah so i i am a little bit loyal to the university of memphis just because i graduated mm-hmm. there um mainly in basketball because that's mainly what they're good at mm-hmm. but they they did have a pretty good football team over the past couple of years but tennessee by far always first so that's good that's good loyalty. nfl san francisco 49ers that's R- random. That is random. <laughs> that everybody, everybody in my family always had a different NFL team, and one of them I think liked the Broncos. One of them liked the Colts. One of them liked the Dolphins. And I, I guess, I guess at the time the Forty ers were good. At least growing up, they were. You know, I think they had Steve Young at the time that I was probably growing up a little bit more than even Montana, and so I, I picked the Forty ers Yeah, I guess that's not too random. My brother. My brother and I are completely different. My dad was a Raiders fan at one point, and then, I don't know, I think my brother liked Michael Vick, so he became mm. a Falcons fan. Falcons. And, uh, and then I think I became a bandwagon fan after the Seahawks won the Super Bowl. So I ended up starting liking the Seahawks. Mm. Um, I don't know, I've kind of stuck with them, but I don't get too much into the NFL. I just, baseball is definitely more my sport. Yep, but. Atlanta Braves. No, (laughs) no, we're in St. Louis. This is Cardinal country. All right. Anyway, moving on. Um, So we kind of talked about youth ministry and, you know, we talked about your hobbies and everything, but, you know, we really do want to know kind of like your, your desires in youth ministry and how you kind of came up in youth ministry and your experience in that aspect. Um, And just kind of starting from the beginning, uh, you know, receiving the Holy Ghost is such a monumental experience in, yeah. in anybody's walk with yeah. God, especially as a young person. Yeah. So, you know, what was that experience for you? And where was it? When was it? So I believe I was eight. And they used to have this, I think they still have it. But there's like this summer revival in, I think it's, I think it's during the summer, but in Bethel Springs, Tennessee. And every year they would fly in Brother Stone King. And then they would have kids church in um, with that. And so I would go, I would always go to kids church. And so at eight and five, my sister was five. We went to kids church one night and I was on one side of the room. She was on the other. And during that kids church, it was actually Sister Oliver running the kids church yep. uh, ministry. And I received the Holy Ghost on one side and she received the my sister received the Holy Ghost on the other side of the room. And so we received it that same night. Uh, Brother Stone King was preaching in the other room. So it was a really cool experience. To make that story even better, though, is we brought in Sister Oliver for VBS while we were in Pensacola. Mm-hmm. And my son received the Holy Ghost awesome. during that VBS under Sister Oliver. So kind of two generation, generations received the Holy Ghost. That's really cool. I actually... Um, so Sister Oliver, I, I think she was based out of Illinois. I could be wrong. Um, I know her son is in Champaign, Illinois right now. But yeah. Sister Oliver was actually the one doing um, kids camp whenever I received the Holy Ghost. So she, cool. uh, 
I mean, she must've been doing ministry for a long time yeah. at that point, but, um, she always had this super, it, it was the same thing pretty much every time she came, we had her every year It's the same thing, but she would always have like this wooden box, this wooden heart box yep. with the yep. like black confetti in it yep. and that like represented sin and, yep. and then she would toss it out and, and you had to get all of that out. Yeah. Of it. Yep. And then she also had like the lifeboat. I think the night I, I got the Holy ghost, she was like doing the, the, the lifeboat. Yeah. That thing where she like put somebody in there. I can't, I couldn't tell you what the actual message was, yeah. but yeah, that that's really cool that she was. Yeah. I think watching her that week, I really learned a lot about praying with people for mm-hmm. the Holy ghost because she just simplified it for people. And I think sometimes we make it so hard in our minds, but like she really taught me a lot in just how to pray for people, even the message because her, her sermons every night, which mm-hmm. I know you're talking to children, but they were just so simple and so easy and along the same lines and people, I mean, every night of that VBS kids receive the Holy ghost. And by the end of the week, I want to think we had over 40 mm-hmm. receive the Holy ghost. Yeah. Way. She stuff like that. Just the simple aspect of just the simple message and not making things too difficult. I, I mean, I was at a kid's camp and I remember like sitting while she was doing, uh, another kid's camp in Illinois. And I was like in either in teen camp or senior high camp. And I remember still just being impacted by, yeah. by the message that she that she spoke just because it, it's a simple message, but it's still true right. yesterday, today, and forever. So I, that's really cool that yeah. you receive the Holy Ghost while she's preaching that same message. And then yeah. I got the Holy Ghost while she was preaching that same message. And then yeah. your son received the Holy Ghost while she was preaching that same yeah. message. I remember a lot of the different things she would do to yeah. kids, kids church. But I, I think I went several years, you know, back to back. But I remember at eight and my sister at five, same mm-hmm. night. And then it's, it's just cool seeing my son get the Holy Ghost into the same person. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, so in terms of youth ministry, did your calling for youth ministry start at that point? Or was that a later development, a later uh, revelation from God? Or when did you feel called to youth ministry specifically? So I remember feeling a call to the ministry at around 16 and I really started probably preparing myself at that point, just in the things that I knew how, like reading the Bible through, stuff like that. Um, I don't know that I ever had like a candid conversation with even my youth pastor or pastor at the time, but I remember feeling that call. Pro- I probably did my youth pastor. I think I did. And then, um, and I always felt like in the back of my mind that I would that I wanted to be a youth pastor. Like that's even to me more than being a pastor or anything. Like I always wanted to be a youth Mm -hmm. pastor. And so like, I don't know that I ever felt necessarily a call to be a youth pastor, but I always wanted to be one. Um, As I went through college and everything, like in with the direction of my pastor at the time, I like, I never really, um, I guess no doors really opened up for me in in that vein. And so, but I just kept doing what I felt like I was supposed to do during that time of my life. And so my wife and I got married, we went on. As I got older, I was like, you know, maybe this youth pastoring thing isn't gonna work out. Cause I saw a lot of my friends going off to be a youth pastor 20, 21. And so I've kind of felt like maybe that time is passing me by. But as I got, I think around 26, some things developed and we went to talk to Pastor Kinsey just about some direction for our life. My wife grew up in that church and grew up under, not necessarily under him, but 
that was her pastor as she left to come to Gateway and to go to Gateway for college. And so we decided to go back and talk to him about it and just like what we needed to do during a different different transition in our life and everything, not thinking we were going to be moving in any sort of way. Um, in fact, I had a career set up in the as an accountant. I was an office manager at the time. We were happy. We didn't think, you know, we would be moving from the Memphis area necessarily. But when I talked to him about just the different things that I did, and he said, in a lot of these situations, all we can do is pray and just wait for God to give us peace and direction. So the next day, we sat down to lunch after that, and he goes, well, I was praying last night, and I felt to ask you to come be the youth pastor here in Pensacola, which was a shock to me. I grew up with Pastor Kenzie preaching HYCs Mm -hmm. all over, you know, and so I really admired and looked up to him. And so whenever he asked me that and was talking to me about that, like, I couldn't even talk. Like, I was (laughs) stunned at the time. So, and then, um, and he didn't really know me or anything. I mean, he was, it had to, it was a God thing. God had to have spoken to him. And so, and then that's when we became youth pastors in Pensacola. And so I was there for seven years before moving here. Before that, in my stint in Memphis, I was just on the youth team there and I helped out with whatever our youth pastor needed. My wife was over the music there. I helped with in-reach, outreach at one point. I helped teach Sunday school um, at, at, a, at one point. And so I did several different things while I was there, just whatever our youth pastor needed at the time. So That's cool. cool. That's cool. Uh, I've always found that, you know, God will, it, as long as it lines up with his will, it, he would often you know, give you the desires that, that you want, like in terms of being a youth pastor, in terms of, you know, doing these things for the kingdom. Like, I, I don't think necessarily God, I mean, he can, but yeah. I don't necessarily think that he wants to shove you in a place where that you don't want to do or be miserable or yeah. anything. But, you know, just wanting to be a youth pastor and wanting to impact students in that way and, and knowing that it does align with his will. I think a lot of times we can force those doors open Mm -hmm. as well. And that puts us in a position where maybe God's in it, maybe he's not, but we force a door open rather than letting God open that door for us. And so sometimes we can go into a position prematurely. Mm -hmm. And when I was 26 and became a youth pastor, I looked back man, at 21, I would have messed up some young people. <laughs> I probably wouldn't have helped as many as I would have hurt. And mm-hmm. so at 26, I'm not saying I always got it right. I know I didn't always get it right, but I know that I was probably a whole lot more ready at 26 than I was at 21. Yeah. I, I just talked to somebody about being patient. They, they came to me and they were asking me, um, just some questions. They were asking me to pray for them with strength and whatnot and told me what was going on. And, you know, to me, it just sounded like, you know, an issue of patience. It just sounded like yeah. maybe a, a test of patience in their specific situation. So, and even though we may feel like we can be in an opportunity now or have a word now, yeah. that there's often or there's often a time that we just need to wait and be patient yeah. for the right opportunity in order to be the most effective in the kingdom. Yeah. So, I remember one of my pastors growing up, he would always say, follow peace Mm -hmm. during those times and a lot of times we want to jump out there and do our own thing instead of just waiting for that peace and following that peace and you know it always helps i know there's been many times i've tried to get out on my own and do my own thing rather than just following that peace and when god's in it it's so much easier Mm -hmm. than when he's not yeah 
Um, well, that is incredible. And, you know, I, I obviously see our listeners don't get to see on a daily basis, but I do get to see on a daily basis. And I see the passion that you have for young people and just the, the kind, gentle spirit that you have towards young people. And it's absolutely incredible. But um, in your experiences, what have been your what have been some of your favorite experiences involving students or youth ministry or anything like that? I was uh, I mentioned on the way down here, this is pretty tough because I don't know what I want going out onto <laughs> the web as far as uh, funny stories or whatever. But we had a lot of good memories. Being a youth pastoring was probably one of my favorite times of life because those, especially seeing young people grow and watching them develop into what they are called to do or what they're passionate about and seeing God just transform their lives along the way. Uh, some of my favorite stories though, like we had a, we had a couple kids, I think it was my first year youth pastoring um, at an HYC and we're all sitting down. It was probably before I knew how to even have our youth team really watch over our kids as far as dividing them up. And so we're sitting down in the day session and somebody looks around and they're like, where are these two boys at? And we were missing two boys like for the day session that morning at HYC. And I was like, I don't know. Well, his parents happened to be on the trip or their parents happened to be on the trip. And so they go up to their room and are knocking on it or whatever. And it's like, I mean, it was like he said he hammered that door and could never get him to wake up. Well, finally, he gets him to wake up. So the boy comes down, he walks down, sits beside me, and he's like, he's like, Brother Jeremy, and he's still tired, he's, he's wore out. He's like, Brother Jeremy, I drank way too much Coke last night. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what had kept him up. But it's just those like nice little, like, I was like, you know what, thank God, that was all I had to deal with as uh-huh. far as like, it could have been a much bigger issue, you mm-hmm. know? And so those little things, always, always found the humor in them in that, thank God that's all I'm dealing with mm-hmm. compared to whatever. <laughs> um, I think those same kids, we went on a LA missions trip and I don't, I don't know if I should tell this one or not, but we were on this LA missions trip and they were just, they were 12 and 13. They were real young at the time. And so and I'm kind of one of those, if I get a laugh, like I'm probably going for another one. And so <laughs> these kids were on the trip and my wife was on the trip. She was sitting beside me and I just would use these cheesy pickup lines on her. I mean, we were in LA, so it was an hour's drive everywhere. And so they started giggling at them and just laughing. The whole bus, the whole van was. And so at night I would go back and like research more cheesy pickup lines. <laughs> so I'd be ready for the next day because they would laugh at every one of them so uh, just fun memories like that but then I mean you of course you have the Holy Ghost memories and to just see God deal with different young people through a youth congress a missions trip we had one student went on a missions trip we went to Vienna um, Austria and he came back from that trip wanting to do more evangelistically. He wanted to not necessarily evangelize, but he wanted to reach people. He wanted to evangelize to them. He wanted to um, us even go on more outreaches in, in our neighborhoods and things like that. And so to just see that fire burning within him from a missions trip. And I mean, we have countless stories of HYCs, uh, just 
little steps along the way that would maybe spark something in a young person and see them just develop into what God wanted them to be is really cool. Even starting P7 Bible Club, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. That's really cool. I remember one time you, you told the story about the kid, the, the kid with the Coke. He, there was one time at Illinois Youth Convention and uh, in Springfield, Illinois, the hotel, there's a, there's a Starbucks and then there's like a gift shop. It's right across the street from the convention center. And <clears throat> this is like the first day and some kid in our youth group starts walking up in a, or with like this giant train set that like costs like over a hundred dollars. <laughs> and this is the first day and this kid, uh, our youth pastor found out this kid has spent all of his food money on this <laughs> train set on the first day and he had no more money <laughs> to to get food for the rest of the trip yep. so my youth pastor told me he's like you better go return it. he's like i can't there's no returns i was like oh you better go find out how you can return it <laughs> so he luckily i think he was able to return it but stories like that is just the funniness of how young people are and yeah. and also just the incredible experiences that that we can witness them go through through those events and and how they take those experiences and apply it to their yeah. life after the event yeah. and, uh, and just see what they can do is incredible. I always enjoyed that junior high ministry <laughs> age, like yeah. that 12 to 14. Now, going into their Sunday school class on Sunday mornings was always difficult because it is the, like, I'm still waking up. I'm not mm-hmm. really a morning person. And it was always the loudest and everything. But you always got the best stories in there. You know, whenever you'd walk away from there, you'd have the best stories. And even on the trips, like, usually the best stories came from that 12 to 14 mm-hmm. year, year age yeah. age group. Yeah. Um so I, I guess going along with that, are there any other stories from camps or conventions or NAYCs that you can think of? We There's do. a Holy Ghost story, funny story, anything. We, uh, man, I've, I've got some. Um, we've got different camp stories. We did all kinds of stuff at camp, had a lot of fun. I remember one particular year we, we had one dorm worker who was part of the youth team and I may or may not have went into the dorms to kind of stir things up (laughs) just because I didn't sleep in the dorm. So it didn't really affect me too much. Um, LJ Harry was there at the time. So me me and LJ went into the dorms and we started kind of stirring stuff up. And we told them to go like dogpile one of the youth workers. And he he liked it, you know. He was he was all for it. So um, they we sent him all out, out to get him. Well, then I took off out the back door. LJ and I went off the back door, and we started walking back to our rooms. Well, he saw us, and he like sent all the kids after us. <laughs> well, I hid somehow, and and got got away from everybody and one kid found me and i was like look i'll pay you five dollars if you keep your mouth shut and don't (laughs) don't say anything because he was about to yell out like here i am or whatever and so he he was like all right he was like all right well sure enough some other kids came around and and the kid like vouched for me he's like no he's cool let's leave him alone let's leave him alone like i already had him on on my side so we so then like i guess those kids kind of went away and i started walking my walking back up to the to the house again and somehow i got back connected with lj well then the dorm worker saw us again and he sent them <laughs> after us and so we had to take off 
full-fledged run going back to the big house we go take it we take off i mean this is like one o'clock in the morning something like that probably one two in the morning we take off running to the big house and we get in we get inside the house we lock all the doors well the boardroom is up there i hope no one's listening in the florida district but the boardroom <laughs> is up there and it's all glass windows while well, all these boys like surround the boardroom and we're we're in there they can see us but they can't get to us and they're like like hitting on the windows and i think for sure they're about to bust <laughs> those windows out up there but um finally one of the other youth workers sends them all back down to their rooms and everything and and uh, the next morning, like one of there was actually a presbyter. His son was there at the camp, and he told us he was like, "Man, my son had a blast at this <laughs> camp. He'll never forget this camp." So, like, just you know, having fun little memories mm-hmm. like that it was to me makes makes it worth it. Which I always loved camp, anyways, because I felt like you got to spend more time with the students at camp. Whereas an HYC, you're so rushed, you're mm-hmm. going from pl- point A to point B all day long doing different stuff and you don't have a lot of that camaraderie that you get at camp where you can kind of let loose and just have fun with the students mm-hmm. so. that's cool but by the time this uh this episode airs i'm pretty sure camps will be in full swing yeah. so um if you're listening to this and you're in camp age i i really recommend you find your pastor your youth pastor and you get signed up to go to some camps because it will change your life you'll that's make true. some friends that you'll hang on to for a long time and then you'll get experiences from God that you've never experienced before. So I really do recommend you go to camp. One of the things our students always said is at any big event, I think HYC, Youth Congress, even camp, is that you realize that there's other people around the world just like you. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just you going to school and you feel like you're the one that dresses different, acts different. And when you go to camp or HYC or Youth Congress, you realize there's other students out there that are just like you going through the same things Mm -hmm. you're going through. Yeah, I love I love the spirit of unity. I didn't really I didn't see it as the spirit of unity when I was that age and I was going to all this stuff, but now and looking back like I'm glad I got to go and you know spend a week or a weekend with, you know, people who think the same, who talk the same, who have the same mindset as me and yep. I can just go and make memories in a safe place and and, yep. and just have the best times of my life. Some of my best can or my best memories are from camps and conventions and my favorite place in the world is the is our campground back home so camp camp is incredible if you have the chance please work it out with your youth pastor so you can go to camp because it it really is incredible um but we we've had an awesome time with jeremy today and uh in closing jeremy i wonder if you have some advice or some final words for our young people who are listening um maybe just some just something last to say uh, that you want them to hear i think for me if i could say anything is just to enjoy the journey if you'll put god first and you'll just enjoy your time with him everything else will work itself out many times we get caught up in status or seeking a position or seeking the solo whatever it may be but if you'll just learn to enjoy the journey that what you're doing whatever god has called you to do and you're fulfilling whatever your pastor or youth pastor wants of you and you enjoy that god opens all the other doors thank you for joining us don't forget to subscribe and follow upci youth ministries on social media we'll catch you next time in the youth room